0: You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. It's only been a year since Emin Tehran arrived in Vietnam to take the general manager and country lead positions for Sanofi, but his expertise in pharmaceutical and biotechnology spans over 20 years, having led Sanofi's offices in Southeast Asia, South Korea, and Turkey, among others. As a medical doctor who further studied business management, Emin's broad range of experiences and knowledge has driven not just Sanofi's, but the pharma and vaccines industry to new heights, He holds active roles in different associations to advocate the industry, including vice chairman of the pharmaceuticals committee of the European Chamber of Commerce in Korea. It has also been his mission to promote healthy literacy and the value of evidence-based medicine in personal and public decision-making for public health. At a time when Vietnam and the whole world are still grappling with the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, Emin Tehran's role in the pharma industry is now more significant than ever. So for today's Vietnam Innovators episode, we invited Emin to talk about the importance of health literacy during this critical time, and all the technological advancements the industry has adapted to overcome today's health challenges. What's up, guys? It's your host, How Tran here, the CEO of Vietcetera. Uh, instead of calling in from the studio, as you guys know, we're all working from home, um, I'm calling from my family's home uh, here in the United States, actually. Hence why there's no fancy background this time, but at least I've got my handy-dandy shirt mic. So the radio quality is crisp as always. Um, So I do forgive you for the background, Um, calling from my family's kitchen at the moment. Uh, Anyways, uh, we've got a great guest today. His name's Emin Tehran. He is Turkish, but lives in Vietnam. He's made Vietnam his home for the last few years, if not longer, if I recall correctly. Um, And he's working for Sanofi, a French pharmaceutical company known for many things. Uh, They've been operating in Vietnam for some time. Uh, I'll let Emin kind of explain it himself, he knows much better than I do, uh, but of course, um, hearing from leaders like him in the industry is more important than ever, um, not just because of COVID and the pandemic, but everyone's interest in their health um, and what it means to maintain a healthy lifestyle is more important than ever, um, so we'd love to hear it from the industry as well, the pharmaceutical industry and the leaders that are leading that effort here in Vietnam. Uh, Eamon, thank you for joining the Vietnam Innovator Show. You're our second guest of the second season. So thank you for, for kicking things off with us. Um, we'd love to hear about you and, and your style as
1: a leader first. You know, what's brought you here to Vietnam and what what are you up to at uh, Sanofi? Thank you, Hal, for having me. It's a pleasure to be at your show. And it makes the two of us, actually. I have been confined in my apartment. Uh, this is not my office. This is my apartment. On my right side is my kitchen. On the left side is a beautiful view of uh, Ho Chi Minh City. And, uh, and we are in lockdown in uh, in Vietnam, uh, in, in Ho Chi Minh City actually for uh, for uh, more than a month now. And uh, it makes it uh, a quite interesting environment, which, which is testing our agility and ability to adapt. What brought me to Vietnam? Uh, I'm in the pharmaceutical industry for almost uh, uh, 30 years as a leader during the, the last uh, 20 years. I have worked in different places uh, in the world and uh, and southeast asia particularly is a place which is very dear to my heart because it's a vibrant place i like the culture i like the people and particularly vietnam with its uh, with its big economy with its educated people uh, highly professional uh, uh, colleagues in the in the pharmaceutical industry this was a place to be and when i had the opportunity i decided to come here and i've been here actually for about a year uh, not longer than that uh, gotcha. So I, I went I went through uh, interesting and different uh, periods since I arrived here, <laughs> I made that.
0: Well, I, I would say that the, the year that you've been here feels like a long time because of a lot of the work that you've probably had to do uh, during this time. So, which we're of course looking forward to hearing from. Um, and thank you for that background as well. Um, I loved your kids' family background photo in the back too. So um thank looks you. like you've got a family here. Um, anyways, um, we'd love to hear about kind of... Um, your style as a leader, you know, you've, you've worked uh, across the world in many different places. Vietnam is a new destination, of course, for you. Uh, being in the business of saving lives, however, how would you describe your leadership style? How do you have to kind of inspire your team of researchers, those working in the field, um, you know, uh, whatever they're up to? Uh, how do you lead to kind of inspire them in, in your kind of industry?
1: I think the key is what you just said, how huh? being in the business of saving lives. So we talk about purpose, I'm really a very purpose-driven business leader and uh, one thing that would describe me is passion. And I I lead my team with passion and I want my team around me uh, to have the same passion because yes, we are not a non-profit organization, but we are here to save lives. We are here to improve the health of people, improve the public health in general. And every time you wake up uh, in the morning, uh, going to the office, I think we need to feel this passion so that we are going to, uh, uh, to do our job with enthusiasm. And then uh, I would secondly say that I'm very people focused because uh, you may have a very good company, you may have a very good product, you may have a, a, a fantastic office, whatever, but if you don't have the right people and if you don't engage them in the right way, I think you can never achieve uh, anything in business life. And consequently, you cannot achieve your purpose of, of saving lives and empowering life. And uh, to do that, I'm, I'm really a trusting leader. I like empowering my people. Uh, I trust them. I engage them so that in return they can engage uh, the customers and, uh, and the patients and our stakeholders uh, at the end. Uh, in a nutshell, this is how I would describe myself uh, and my leadership uh, my leadership style. Excellent.
0: Um, you've lived in Turkey, the United States, South Korea, other parts of Asia. Um, how would you describe uh, in terms of what makes Vietnam special? Uh, in particular, the, the environment of the pharmaceutical industry. You know, it's, it's quite an ascent. It's very early relative to these other markets. Um, what makes it exciting? What makes it special?
1: Uh, first, uh, Vietnam, it's a, it's a very large country, uh, roughly hundred million uh, people. You don't have many countries in the world, many economies in the world, which is powered by hundred million people. Let's say roughly close to hundred million people living in. It's quite vibrant, dynamic. Uh, you know, in 2020, uh, the world economy, growth of world economy was at a standstill at best in many Western countries, also developing a part of the world. But Vietnam economy was still very resilient and it's growing. It was growing in 2020, one of the few economies that was able to do that. So it's a, it's a vibrant, dynamic and large economy. This is the first one. And any business leader would like to come and explore a business environment like this. Secondly, it's the people. I call this the people capital in Vietnam in general. You know, you go out on the streets of Vietnam, you see the bustling city life everybody is doing something selling something on the street some white collar uh, working uh, walking and rushing uh, to the next uh, business meeting you can see the vibrancy of the people and this is reflecting in the in the daily life you see on the street it's reflected also in the business life in meetings and in one on one interviews and everything this is really what attracted me uh, to vietnam uh, in terms of the in terms of the business, something very important for European companies like us, Vietnam just signed and uh, is, it's in an execution actually, a free trade agreement with Europe. And we believe that this is really going to open up uh, new frontiers on both sides, uh, both in Europe and also uh, in Vietnam in order to facilitate the business and, and, uh, and improve the bilateral uh, trade. When I come to the pharmaceutical market itself, you are right. Uh, It is not as um, as big and as developed as uh, some other uh, Western countries, but it's coming up. Uh, What I see is that it's contributing very well to the economy, despite uh, it being in the early stages of uh, of development. We have some, uh, I would say, regulatory roadblocks, which the government is working very hard uh, to resolve. And I believe, I strongly believe that once these roadblocks are, uh, uh, are clarified, uh, pharmaceutical industry in Vietnam is going to be one of the major growth drivers uh, and export drivers, actually, uh, for, uh, for the country. And all of these combined, uh, when I had the opportunity to come to Vietnam, it was, uh, it was a very easy decision to make. And I might add that on a personal side, I have visited Vietnam several times before uh, I came to live here. When I was living in South Asia, Southeast Asia before, I love the country. I love the food. I love the culture. I love the nature, and I love the people. So all of these combined, I think, uh, as I mentioned, it was a very easy decision to come here, and uh, and uh, and be embedded in the culture and among the people of Vietnam, and explore all the growth. Opportunities that the, the, the market uh, has for European companies like ours.
2: Hiện nay, Vietsetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập Daily Vietsetra, thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình, nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thường nhật của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Visetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.visetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến Excellent. cửa hàng trực tuyến của Visetra. Um, uh,
0: what's on top of everyone's minds at the moment is uh, the COVID situation. Uh, Your businessman, you're also you worked in medicine for some time. Um, what difficulties does this pandemic create in the Vietnam context, uh, not just for uh, people you know, at home, as you mentioned, uh, working from home and managing the family at the same time, uh, but what does it also create for businesses, uh, particularly in the pharmaceutical industry? What kind of you know, shocks happen, but opportunities do you think will arise
1: uh, in the near future? Yeah, this is, this is the million dollar question since last year, right? So it's, it's, the, it's the same question pretty much everywhere in the world in different stages. Uh, first, I think the, the most important thing we have, to, we have to keep in mind is it is just different. We need to get used to different ways of doing business. It's not just working from home or being on Zoom uh, like now, but it is just the structure of the business the structure of performance management, the structure of stakeholder engagement, everything is changing. And uh, and the the structure of engaging your own people, getting them motivated to work, finding opportunities to improve their their skills. Um, You know, Darwin uh, once said, uh, it is not the fastest or the strongest or the smartest species that endure, but the most adaptable. And this is, I think, very, very true for the for the business environment today. The companies that could not adapt or just took one portion of the mix I'm, I'm just talking about, like, okay, let's do Zoom, 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 Zoom. It's not that simple. I think you do Zoom, but you, you engage your people. You don't burn them out, not giving them, you know, lunch breaks, bio breaks, coffee breaks, whatever. And you don't find ways to develop them even when they are working uh, from remote, or motivating your customers to still be in engagement with you. All of these things combined, I think the companies and the industries that adapted very well uh, to this new, uh, new different ways of working are the, are the companies and industries that are going to endure and they are going to be one step ahead at the end of the day. So uh, what we do and how we adapt our company I think uh, uh, it's, a, it's a learning curve, obviously. We started uh, last year in, in February, March, and here we are in August of uh, one year later. And uh, and this learning curve is still, uh, uh, still going on. Uh, but we are more experienced now. I think the companies uh, which engage their people well during this period are going to be one step ahead, as I mentioned. And to do that, uh, I think... Uh, the the old period of uh, you come to the office at nine uh, you leave at five or flexible working hours you come at eight you leave at four I think uh, we cannot continue to operate like this what we should do is an output based performance management system so we need to we need to follow our people by the way uh, they they contribute to the business and we need to have new metrics and KPI systems to do that and we are trying to do exactly that and uh, And now in business world, we are talking about a cultural transformation, if I may. And this is not only digital. This is the concept of remote, also face-to-face, because sometimes, you know, uh, there are different uh, periods where we can all enjoy going back to the office, be face-to-face. And there is a hybrid way, which could be in between. You and I, we could be in a studio right now. Everybody else uh, could be uh, could be uh, online. So the companies that adapt to this uh, cultural transformation best and adapt all of their processes well, I think they are the ones uh, who will also uh, lead their industries, lead their markets. And uh, this is, I mean, everybody's talking about the millennials, the Generation Z and everything like that. And adapt- adoption to... This new digital and online technology, online engagement is easier for the millennials, etc. I beg to differ. I think all the generations, and in a very diverse way in a company, the better everybody is absorbing or embedding, uh, internalizing this new way of working, these will be the better companies. We cannot expect this only to come. Uh, from the, uh, let's say, from the millennials and generations that in, uh, in our companies. But this should com- come from senior leaders. Senior leaders should be setting some examples, be open to new ideas coming from the younger generation. So if you blend all of this in a, in a very good cultural transformation, which enables this kind of work, uh, then these are the companies which will be, uh, which will be uh, ahead of others. And uh, one thing I I put a lot of emphasis on is the motivation. Because COVID and other natural disasters, uh, today uh, there is a lot of wildfires everywhere in the world, including my own country, but many places uh, in different parts of the world, uh, US, Europe, uh, Africa, many places. You know, uh, saddening news uh, coming from everywhere. And people working in different ways, keeping your, your, your team, and also your external stakeholders engaged and motivated is an important thing and uh, and uh, if you can manage this well through uh, a new cultural transformation in the company i think uh, this is the companies which are going to have motivated and passionate employees which are going to help uh, pass uh, through this period it's the same for uh, it's the same for the relationship between our people i mean as a leader, I'm in contact with my team. We, we organize, of course, multiples of meetings every day, every, every week. Uh, but how about the coffee machine talks? How about these lunch breaks? How about you know, chit chat in front of the water dispenser? These kind of things are, are part of business life. These are, these are small things. But actually, uh, it really helps uh, create a good, motivated, and, uh, and well-blended team uh, together. And uh, and if we can replace these uh, with different kind of engagements, I think uh, I think this is where we are going to maintain the entire entire team and the, and the team motivation of the uh, of the full uh, employees uh, as uh, as top notch, which is going to help us again uh, pass through this and uh, and succeed. Finally, reactivity to public health needs because we are in the business of uh, saving lives. We are here to empower life. And uh, if we can react properly as a a healthcare company, as a pharmaceutical company um, to the emerging needs of the uh, the public health authorities, our our healthcare uh, professionals, this is how uh, we can pass through this uh, stronger than before. Uh, Not only taking into account the business, but prioritizing purpose, Above business results in a period like this. Everybody, all my friends working in different industries, they tell me, oh, okay, you are in pharmaceutical industry. They need your product. This is an easy period for you. I beg to differ. I mean, it's a very, very tough period for us. We have some products which are under huge demand because they are used in COVID treatment, right? It's, uh, and it's a matter of balancing the supply versus demand. And it's a very stressful thing. And there are some other products which are not under the same high demand. Keep in mind that roughly 80 to 90% of the patients visiting hospitals are not there any longer. So how do you balance your workload? How do you balance your company resources in order to address uh, all of this? I think this is another, uh, another way that this pandemic has taught us how to best uh, be resilient and how to uh, first address our uh, our purpose and then, uh, and then manage our business priorities. And let me tell you one thing how, uh, I don't think this is a period that we are passing through. I think bits and pieces of this period will finally be with us for the foreseeable future. Because, I mean, the ways of doing business has changed so profoundly during the last uh, 18 months, that I don't think we will ever go back uh, to business as previous usual. Let's say, uh, uh, when the pandemic is over, the way we use the office space, the way we use business travel, the way we engage our people, the way we engage with our customers, there will be bits and pieces which are going to remain with us, and it's for the better is for the better for business is for the better for the environment is for the better for the public health so all of this learning uh, we put uh, in our basket of uh, of knowledge and we will carry it forward with us
2: hiện nay Vietcetera store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập Daily Vietcetera thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhật của bạn Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vi thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả there, để a lot đến cửa hàng truc tuyến uh, của
0: there, and gen Z me, uh, with me and yourself of course, considering that we live Việt uh, the average age at our company actually is 26. And I tell people and they're completely shocked. I mean, we're in media. I'm sure in pharmaceuticals, you guys have decades-long scientists working with you, but also, of course, entry-level um, juniors that have just joined the company. Um, you mentioned a lot of the things that uh, will change and, and will not change because of COVID. Um, I have to agree with you, particularly about business travel, even within the city. Uh, sometimes, you know, a client is out in District 2 and you're in District 4. Uh, it's quite the hike to get over there. Um, And I find myself using Zoom uh, in cities that even we have colleagues in, uh, let alone in different countries. Uh, But with that said, in Vietnam, um, I would have to say the whole idea of globally, especially in the West, that offices will be only used two times a week, three times a week, or potentially not at all. People are giving up their offices entirely. I mean, I, I see that hard to happen in Vietnam. I think it's because a lot of young people who typically live with families or maybe they're from the provinces or a different city. They move to Ho Chi Minh city. Um, they, they live in, you know, pro- probably smaller apartments of just because of uh, how the city is structured uh, for residential housing. They love the office, you know, it's roomy, there's air conditioning, they can meet peers. And so it's, it's a case by case basis. And I guess my question for you, a, a more of a side question, um, you know, having operated across the world and now in Vietnam for a year what are maybe some things that you see uh not changing cuz of covid but in vietnam is it is it like the office thing that i had mentioned maybe just small little observation I, was, I i'd love to hear from you um as a leader of a company like Sanofi, uh what's going through through your mind about that and it could not even be concluded quite yet cuz we're obviously still in the middle of it yeah
1: i think i think vietnam is going through a real pandemic uh i mean nowadays I think earlier there was lockdown and everything but now the number of cases and the lockdown and all of these things I think we are really experiencing the real pandemic with the lockdown impact and an absolute you know work from home uh, more or less for the first time with the, with the risk uh, risk outside so what has not changed I agree with you how that that people uh, like the office in Vietnam and you know uh, sometimes we welcome uh, we welcome some students from universities as a tour of the of the business so that they can see uh, what the business life uh, looks like. We also do some uh, do some surveys within our younger employees, I would say. And the one thing that they mention is first the office, because we have a very good office. Actually, uh, uh, we have a video of the office online. Maybe I can share with you the link and, and you can share with, the, uh, with your audience. Sure. And uh, we have a very nice office. It's a very green office, very modern office. Uh, and, uh, and this is what attracts young talents, uh, let's say, uh, as the number one point of attraction, I would say, in Vietnam. So yes, uh, the office is an important element. But this being said, I believe that the use of office will nevertheless be changed, even in Vietnam. And... Uh, and this is, this is because now we have the, the taste of a mixed working environment, partially from home, partially in the office. I don't think office life will ever disappear. At least I can say uh, for, uh, for my company and, and uh, mainly for our industry. But a mixture of work from home and partially work from office so that you can have this, this as I said, water dispenser coffee machine touch uh, with your colleagues, you can because this is this is all this uh, I would say intangible elements that make a company and that make a company team a team. All of these things I think um, will need to stay there, but I don't think there will be a continuous five day per week nine to five nine to six whatever type of uh, office environment in the future. But the office concept uh, will stay. What else will stay? I think it's the, it's the other elements which, uh, which, are, uh, which are very critical, uh, which is the passion and the purpose-driven organization. Uh, this will stay. I think uh, business travel, as you say, including inside the city, uh, this cannot stay as before pandemic. This is going to, this is going to change. This is inevitable. And we observe it. When I, when I look at my iPhone uh, iPhone photos, you know, it sends me a reminder of, uh, of uh, one year ago, two years ago. <laughs> I see my picture in one different country every week. In 2019, I was, I don't know, in Siberia, Russia. Then I was in uh, South Africa. I was in Europe, US, Canada, whatever. And now since, uh, since 18 uh, months, I have had one travel and i still engage with the teams i still engage with my boss i still engage with different uh, committees in the company i engage with uh, with uh, you know the government stakeholders without doing all the travels so i don't think we will stay exactly like this we are going to do a mixture of that but the same level of business travel will never come back i don't i don't believe in this So the use of Zoom, the use of remote. The same thing I believe with the the field people, let's say customer facing roles, where traditionally, let's say our our field force in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, everybody told me that Vietnam is a face-to-face country. You cannot reach out doctors, healthcare practitioners through Zoom, through telephone, but you know what? Now we can. We understand that we can, and uh, it will never convert to a pure online or remote engagement. But part of this engagement will also be online or remote engagement. Uh, a face-to-face only model for me, this is not uh, this is not possible any longer, anywhere in the world. So these are a few things uh, that will uh, will change or not change, but. Things that uh, remain the same will is everything else that make a company a company, quality operations, you know, customer focus, the purpose driven organizations. These are things that will stay in Vietnam for us and uh, anywhere in the world also.
0: Great, and you know, thank you for recapping um, your kind of analysis of that, particularly in Vietnam. Uh, I do also want to touch upon. Um, the kind of culture that you've built at Sanofi here in Vietnam and potentially you've brought elsewhere, um, you guys like to practice the play to win culture, particularly during the complicated and challenging period that we're, we're, we're enduring at the moment. Um, could you tell us more about that? That's a very specific um, kind of culture mentality. I'd love to hear uh, what what what's behind it. Yes, with pleasure.
1: Uh, so the, the cultural transformation in Sanofi started before the pandemic actually. So we have this uh, new play-to-win culture uh, for a couple of years now, actually, more than than two years. So we structured this in two different uh, buckets. First, the pure cultural and how we do business uh, part of things. And here we have uh, have four clusters of behaviors that is expected from every Sanofi employee. And these are, uh, think of uh, patients and customers first, everything you do. Patients and customers should be top of mind. Uh, act before waiting to be told what to do. So this is self-empowerment and, and agility and, uh, and even taking decisions uh, into your own hands uh, without having to wait for your boss or someone else to do what, uh, to do uh, to tell you what to do. And, and stretch beyond what you have so far achieved, what you have done. We like every son of the employee Uh, to go beyond their boundaries and test different things. And part of this is, of course, a a risk of uh, failing at something. But if you fail, you fail fast. You course correct and you learn for that failure. That's okay. This is our uh, stretch culture. And um, last but not least, uh, we have a culture of one Sanofi now. So we are all expected to think before ourselves, before our own teams, our own function, about Sonofi what i do in this uh, in this uh, particular thing is contributing to Sonofi as a whole so this is this is four cultural behaviors that we expect uh, from our, all of our people to make the company more customer facing more purpose driven more action and empowered people um, uh, driven and uh, and uh, all running behind the same purpose because we have to think of Sonofi first before we think of our people ourselves or our function. And then the same second bucket is how we want to carry the company forward, which is about growth, about innovation, about efficiency, how efficiently we are doing our business and how we, we reinvent the way we work, which of which uh, uh, the pandemic has been a good uh, you know, uh, test subject. And I think we have done uh, quite a good job uh, in this one. So this in itself, these eight things is the, is the new play to win. Uh, culture and play-to-win behavior set that we expect from all Sanofi people. And I can tell you that recently, we did a, we did a global survey on this one, uh, a survey among all 100,000 Sanofi employees around the globe. Uh, there was a very large participation rate, and uh, we see that this, this culture and the, the, the set of behaviors is quite well understood by our people, some better than the others, But in general, we have scores above 80, 85, 90. So it's a a new, I would say, cultural transformation, which was kickstarted two years ago. But nowadays, we see it taking traction and taking traction very, very strongly. So I'm I'm happy to be, uh, let's say, a cultural leader as well as a business leader when it comes to play to it.
2: Hiện nay, Vietcetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập Daily Vietcetra thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhất của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vietcetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.vietcetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến cửa hàng trực tuyến Hopefully, của Vietcetra. Uh...
0: It's, it's meshed well with especially the, the young folks, uh, the Gens that are millennials in particular that are joining the, the firm. And of course, here in Vietnam, um, I'd love to make a shout out for you as well. I'm sure um, you guys are hiring quite a bit during this time. Is Sanofi still hiring in Vietnam and, and for what kind of roles exactly?
1: Uh, for any kind of roles altogether, we have about 1,200 employees uh, in Vietnam so we are we are fully uh, our footprint in Vietnam is very broad actually we are in the country for more than 60 years now we have a manufacturing facility which manufactures for Vietnam and also for export uh, to other Asian countries we have our global business units all of them here we have our global uh, support functions so from uh, from medical roles to regulatory roles to public affairs roles to communication roles uh, to um, uh, to sales uh, marketing uh, uh, very different legal I mean we have uh, we have the the full blown um, uh, organization in in Vietnam and uh, we keep hiring during this uh, this time of course and uh, however efficiency is important obviously we don't hire to hire but uh, but uh, we have been having some very good recruitments recently which is really strengthening the organization when it comes to uh, let's say, expanding the team and, uh, and promoting to new roles. Uh, we have two approaches, looking inside first uh, to see my own team, uh, where we can promote who to what kind of positions. And we also believe that it should be a good mix of getting new blood, if I may, in the, in the organization uh, so that we can, we can have an outsider's, let's say, outsider's view coming into the organization to help us uh, see new things. Uh, in our setup so we have been doing this uh, continuously during the uh, during the pandemic and uh, we will continue to do that uh, moving forward
0: excellent Uh, my last question for you today emin is um, speaking as a medical doctor and pharmaceutical expert um, and a lot of people young people especially don't know who to go to when asking for practical daily tips about keeping yourself healthy, especially during this time and working from home and whatnot. Is there anything that you like to share uh, as a as a doctor yourself, perhaps?
1: Uh, you are touching on a point on which I am also quite passionate about, which is health literacy, actually, uh, because uh, you know that uh, the World Health Organization was warning about an, an infodemic risk at the very beginning of the pandemic, and unfortunately, not so much in Vietnam, but uh, elsewhere in the world, we are seeing a lot of, um, I would say, inaccurate and uh, and misleading information circulating in, in different media. You know, social media is a great thing. Uh, all these instant messaging apps are giving us great opportunities to be in contact with our uh, our, uh, our friends, relatives, and our business colleagues, but it's also a, a way to easily propagate uh, inaccurate information. I think uh, the most important thing uh, to keep healthy and to keep well informed during this period is to, is to get the notion of health literacy. So WhatsApp is not a source of medical literature. <laughs> we need to understand this. Neither is uh, you know, other social platforms. There are ways to do that. There are, I would say, accredited uh, organizations, like the, uh, like the Ministry of Health of Vietnam. If you are talking about Vietnam, there are medical associations in Vietnam, World Health Organization, uh, USCDC. There is a lot of uh, accredited organizations which are sharing accurate information. There are other places and sites which are hand-picking a piece of information from a very good, broad literature, which is what I call motivated reasoning. If you want to mislead a person, you can go into a very big study. You handpick one single item and you can feed this uh, to your audience so that uh, you, you mislead them. And there is a lot of this stuff. We all know about this, uh, this hesitancy about vaccines. We have all seen... Uh, inaccurate medical uh, suggestions at the beginning of the pandemic on how you can uh, protect yourself, and it was, it was a plethora of very, very, some, most of them funny uh, methods to fight with COVID. If you are health literate, you know you should have the reflexes to understand when a piece of information is likely to be wrong, Or likely to be misleading if, even if it's a right piece of information from taken out of context. So I think this is the, this is the first and most important thing. And what I see in Vietnam that I did not see in many other countries is that people in Vietnam in general are really uh, quite good at health literacy. They don't just listen to any uh, information. And I think the government has done a very good job since the beginning of the pandemic to disseminate the right kind of information uh, using various uh, social media, media and, and different announcements. And also uh, there is there is very little vaccine hesitancy in this country, which is going to help Vietnam uh, cope with this, uh, this current uh, fourth wave of the pandemic. This is a good thing. Secondly, uh, when The pandemic hits like this when we are confined at home. We need to first keep our physical health. Uh, Right now, you are sitting, I'm sitting, and I can sit like this 12 hours a day in front of the computer, staring into the screen, uh, immobilized, and this is not the way to go. We We need to take a physical break from what we are doing on a routine basis. So what I do myself, and I suggest to all my colleagues, after finishing this talk, I can assure you that I will stand up, do a little bit of walk, maybe a bit of stretching, go out on the balcony, come back inside, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, continue with uh, with the rest of my meetings. And then every day uh, you can set yourself some uh, some targets to do a certain number of steps, some push-ups, uh, stretching, uh, breathing exercises, this kind of things. Mental health is also super important. And when it comes to mental health, not being depressed, not being, you know, the, uh, being uh, having the, the gravity of being isolated uh, uh, between four walls, uh, there are things that you can do. And I believe that here there are things that the companies can do as well. So what we do is every week uh, we organize uh, meetings uh, for our colleagues, touching on different points about the pandemic, about the about the uh, the the, uh, the virtues of uh, staying at home, uh, how you can uh, make it more enjoyable. We invite speakers from outside. We have speakers. We have case examples. We help them play games with each other. So, as a company, we are trying to keep our team uh, motivated and um, and uh, we try to keep them engaged and. Um, And uh, away from, let's say, uh, signs of depression. Because uh, when you are like this for months uh, after months, I think it can get a bit boring and it can can impact uh, your mental well-being. Uh, Another thing, and uh, this is my last point, but a very important one, is uh, to keep the purpose in mind and uh, get through this together. Because like all companies in Ho Chi Minh, and in in Hanoi and in Vietnam in general, we try to keep our business afloat. We want to to keep uh, doing our business. One thing I have seen, which is uh, super touching for me, and I'm I'm very, very proud and happy about this, is uh, when it came to continuing our business of supplying our uh, life-saving medicines uh, to the distribution channels, And also continuing to manufacture our products. We had our teams volunteering to stay in our facilities in a COVID free bubble two weeks in a row, 24 7 in our facilities. So we literally have beds, showers, kitchens, food served in our premises, in our distribution warehouse, and also in our manufacturing facility. Our people are so, you know, believing in our purpose that they are willing to stay inside for two weeks in a row away from their families. But this is, this is the sense of purpose. This is the sense of engagement. And this is, this, uh, this is the, the sense of uh, teamwork that, that, uh, that they have uh, when it comes to uh, believing in what they do. Another thing is getting through this together. We have, being a pharmaceutical company, we have medical doctors in our company, in the medical department and different uh, functions. And we formed a voluntary team among these. So when we have news of a colleague being uh, COVID positive, F0 in, in the Vietnamese terminology, as you know, uh, the, the sense of panic, the sense of not knowing what to do, you, know, you may have a ton of questions when you, are, uh, when you know that. You have uh, contracted this much dreaded uh, disease. So our team of medical doctors are reaching out to our colleagues to answer questions, to calm them down, uh, to give them uh, the right information, to direct them to the right, uh, right medicals, um, uh, medical knowledge, let us say. All of these things are really helping us keep sane and keep motivated and keep healthy uh, during this period for my colleagues in Sanofi. And I'm very, very proud of them.
0: Thank you for sharing, especially in that Vietnam context. It seems uh, Vietnam, um, more than others, perhaps has this sense of collectivism, really protecting the team, community, uh, rather than individualism. I guess you could say. So, um, really great to see that in practice at Sanofi, uh, both internally but also uh, externally to its customers and and all the other stakeholders in the in the group of uh, Sanofi. So, anyways, that concludes our podcast today, Emin. I hope you uh, enjoyed our, our little show here today. I understand it was your first podcast, so hopefully it wasn't too challenging. Um, you know, th- this is designed purely to be like a coffee chat. Obviously, we're not having coffee at the moment, but we would be if we were meeting in person. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Emin, and to have your insights about uh, the current situation, about Sanofi's internal team practices and its vision, particularly for Vietnam. And of course, your very practical health tips. Um, I didn't expect so many uh, health tips, actually. I was maybe some more like general stuff, but you actually really uh, drill down there. So thank you for for those tips. I think that's very useful. Uh, and perhaps uh, we'll spin it off into an article, et cetera, as well. Team, take note on that. Um, Emin, thank you so much uh, for joining the Vietnam Innovators Show. Again, uh, you're one of the first guests of season two, so we're very grateful for your time today. Um, And hopefully to all of our readers uh, and followers at the Vietnam Innovators Podcast, um, hope you got a lot out of today's show. If you have questions about what Sanofi is doing in Vietnam, uh, you can reach out to the folks at Sanofi in the comments below. I'm sure they'll be following. And of course, Emin, if you'd like to reach out to him, I'm sure he's available on LinkedIn and what other channels that are out there. Uh, Emin, thank you for, for joining us and I'll see you next time.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me How?
0: Cheers. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovators series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Minh, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Hey guys, the Vietcetra app is finally here. You can download our app on the Apple App Store right now, and to our Android users, the app version is coming to you very soon.